they are the fabulous learning nerds. Cause if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting and fantastic episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm your host, Scott Schutte, and with me, you love him, he's the president of his own fan club, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Dan, how you doing, sir? I'm fair to Midland. I president of my own fan club. We've been discussing I, this for weeks. You know how this works. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm still I'm still it's, hmm, I don't I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's a great <laughs> thing. I think all the members of your fan club would agree that it is a fantastic thing uh, to be and I think it's great and it's absolutely uh, one of my favorite parts of the show, uh, you know, giving you crap for having your own fan club. I think that's something oh, that, uh, you know. Hey, I am super excited, Dan. Yeah? What's up? Yeah, yeah, because we have an incredible guest with us uh, this evening, and um, we've been talking uh, back and forth, and I'm really super excited about um, this person and what they're going to bring to the show. I guess without further ado, we should go ahead and introduce Lisa Wallace. Uh, she is the um, founder and principal for the performance architect learning solutions firm. Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause for Lisa. Ooh, uh, yeah, the crowd is wild. Yes. Hello, Dan. Hello, Scott. So, so, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for being here and, and, bringing, the, and bringing the content. We love it when people bring some real content. Um, and like we uh, always do with our special guests, we like to get to know them a little bit. So without further ado, uh, let's get into What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? Lisa, tell us about yourself. What's your deal? Yeah, I don't know about the the deal, Scott, but I'll tell you what the dealio is. Ooh, I like that. You know, I have I have kids, and you know they're always they're always telling me that my language is not hip enough. So I'm I'm hoping dealio does it. Um, so what is my deal? You know, people say you know tell me about yourself, and it's like, well, I was born in 1924, and you know we don't start there. Um, and then people say, well, what do you do? And I say, well. You know, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a human, and first and foremost, my dealio is that I'm a wife, and I'm a mom to three daughters, and the coolest rescue cat uh, imaginable. This, this cat's pretty cool, and this work is honestly, that's my most important work, and it's, but, you know, that's my most, that's my real hard, challenging work. Um, but, you know, by way of background, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. I'm a, I'm a good old Midwestern girl. I, I have dropped the accent since I've been living on the East Coast, but at any time, you know, I could pick it right up there. And I did my undergrad, you know, at uh, the University of Wisconsin, hey, Eau Claire. <laughs> but no, I, I changed my major four times uh, before I landed on journalism with a minor in English. And with that, I 
I went, they, they called, I, I lived and I worked in Japan for the Ministry of Education for two years, uh, right out of college. And, and let me tell you, you, if you want a humbling experience, <laughs> go live abroad, preferably in Asia, because Europe's kind of easy. Go live in Asia. I, I mean, I was forced to speak Japanese in all of my off hours. And um, I, I'm proud to say I'm, I'm fluent in bar pub Japanese. I can order beers with the best okay, of them. Okay, time out. I can time ask out. them how I get to how, how would one order yeah, you can't a drop rum and, and coke from it. in Japanese? Go. How would they order what? A rum and coke in Japanese. Ramen koku ippai onegaishimasu. Oh, did you get that, Dan? Because I'm, I'm oh, going to have to write it. that down. That's like, I'm, I don't know if that's correct because a rum and coke doesn't come in a bottle. Oh. But if, you know, anything that comes in a bottle is an ippai. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, uno is, you know, not uno. Um, did I say uno? Man. Ichi. Ichi is uh, one. Anyway, yeah. Biro ippai onegaishimasu. I'm going to guarantee you that our audience was buying every word that you said as the gospel. Like, there's absolutely no way that everyone would have been like, oh, wow, no, she she totally messed up each Ichi and, and Uno. Uh, but I think that's fantastic. <laughs> it's totally yeah, awesome. Yeah, but if, if you want to hear something really impressive, listen to this. Okay, you I'm ready? ready. Yes. Hit us. All right. Momonaku, Ichiban Sani Denchinga Mairimas. Abunai deskara haksen no uchingawe osangate kurasai. Which essentially means, ladies and gentlemen, the train is now going to be arriving on track number one. Step back from the line or you will be toast. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that was that was amazing. Okay, continue. You were you were in Japan. Yes. That that is awesome. I was in Japan. Oh, and your uh, your Wisconsin yeah. accent was spot on, don't you know? So. Ah. Oh yeah, hey. Yeah. So, so anyway, I'm I'm in Japan, and I I was thinking about graduate school, so I had to choose a graduate school when I was living, you know, thousands of miles away, and I landed in Connecticut. So, that's where I got my graduate degree. It took me ten years. Um, but eventually I got the master's in adult education with a concentration in business. I call it like MBA light. Um, but uh, my master's thesis centered around accelerated learning and brain physiology and what gets in the way of adults learning more efficiently and effectively. So that excites me. I, I love that stuff. That's that's awesome. So, you know, I first got in, into like, the idea of accelerated learning in like the early 90s. Was was that where you were at as well? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. That was a that was a big big deal and a big eye-opening uh at least for me. I don't know, Dan, if you've had a lot of experience with accelerated learning, this whole idea of learning by doing. Um but uh I I for me, I thought that was really an eye-opening thing in my in the early part of my career. Now, it's I can't say in the '90s. In, in the '90s, I was getting into Nirvana, not so much accelerated learning, but a hundred percent. Like, that's how like knowledge gets cemented. Like, I can give you facts all day, but without doing, it's right? lost. It's gone. Yeah. So that's really really cool. I um, it, it, continue your story. This is great. 
Yeah. So, no, I, I got into it because it resonated with me. Um, you, the whole idea around accelerated learning is less talk, more do. Yep. Um, and um, we, we training nerds that we are, learning nerds, um, you know, we know this, but there are others out there who don't know that. And the more you talk, the less people learn. So I, I was all about that. Great. Cool. Anything else? No, I mean, you know, I, I then once I, you know, I was working on my master's degree and um, I got into this whole gig called training at the time. I like to call it learning because training seems a little transactional for me. But um, I, I was working for the man uh, in learning and development in some capacity for about 30 years. And then about 11 years ago, I didn't want to work for the man. I wanted to be the man. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to be the man. And so I started my own, my own business, my own consultancy practice around leadership development and learning. Fantastic. And I know that's part of the uh, topic for the week, but I, I really want to let you know that I, I think your, uh, your journey there was uh, pretty great. So thank you so much for, uh, for yeah. sharing that with us. Dan, any thoughts yeah. before we go to the topic? No, I, I love that idea. I think a lot of people, I think everybody sits in daydreams about like, man, like what if I went and started my own company? What if I went and did this? Like, what if I just like took off and then so few people do? That's fantastic. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be expi- um, inspired. Are you ready to be inspired, Dan? Every day. Every day. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the topic <laughs> of the week. All right, Lisa, you came here to talk to us about... I came to talk about taking orders. Taking orders. That is awesome. Help us understand what do you mean by that. Yeah, right. So when I, when I first started my, my own business, um, honestly, I, I would kind of do anything to get the business. You know, I was not desperate, but, you know, I wanted to get clients. So these clients would come to me. And they would say, hey, Lise, this is what we need. This is what we want. Can you do that? And I would say, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. I would do that. And about three years in, I realized, um, yeah, this was not doing anybody any good. Because I I found that um, some things were becoming kind of freakishly predictable. And that is when, when leaders or a client would come to me, they would come with a solution already in mind. And usually it it came in the form of training. And it sounded something like, hey, Lise, you know, uh, my people aren't getting along. They need training in communication. Can you help me out with that? And I would say, yeah, yeah, sure. I I got something on communications. Or they'd say, "Uh, yeah, my people, they just, they they can't think past tomorrow. They they need, we need a class in strategic thinking. You got that? And... Um, I realized that by saying yes, I was just taking orders. And if I didn't ask questions or try to figure out the drivers behind these requests, I I fell into the order-taking mode. And I I call that, you know, do you want a side of fries to go with that request? (laughs) It it was just... It, was, it didn't feel good for anybody. And it's, it didn't give the person requesting 
uh, my services any value at all. Yeah. So, can I pause you there for yeah, just a second? Because I, I love your food analogy. You sure can. The food analogy is so great. Like sometimes, at least my experience has been in, well, at least when I'm working for the man, and I and I am working for the man right now, and and one of these days I'll I'll be. Uh, you know, hopefully doing more for myself because I and I want to hear more about that later on. But I, I had a boss put it this way: like we are no longer going to be the vending machine for this organization because that's exactly how people would treat us. Like I need this without any thought whatsoever to the objectives that they wanted to accomplish, without any thought to return on investment or ROI. Um, and a lot of times, at least my experience has been. Um, the larger the organization you're in, you get a me too environment. Did you find that to be the case, Lise? Yeah, it was it, not even so much of a, a, a me too. It was a, the, these folks, whether I was working for the man or working for myself, helping the man, um, what, they were looking to check the box and not change behavior. And that that's problematic for everybody. Oh my God! You know, so you can call. Yeah, what? Uh, no, yeah, I, I feel triggered, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I absolutely, positively, one hundred percent know like what you're talking about, and especially like in like our field and the learning and development field. So often, we get into this this pattern of just like, okay, cool, I'll get it done, I'll figure it out. Okay, cool. You want a training on that? Great. All right, I'll get the team to whip it up. We'll make it happen. And you just keep having to come back to the well because, well, you just don't get to the root. And I no, 100% what you're saying. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Well, <laughs> I mentioned I felt triggered because... Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times that, have, that we've experienced this. Like, hey, get us this, get us this. And it becomes a, a check. You said check the box, which is a nice way of, of putting it. I like to say it's a feel-good activity, right? So did we accomplish anything? No. Other than I made something that I can point at or I made something that, like, you know, did, did this move the needle? No, but we did something. So I'm going to feel good that I got something done and I have... Oh my gosh, I'm 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 turning gray by the minute just thinking about this. This is not you, Lisa. Please don't take this personally. <laughs> oh, I have zero time. So many things that I want to do on this earth, but none of them are feel good activities. I mean, I want to feel good about what I do, but I I don't have time for feel good activities. So I'll be quiet and let you well, expound well, on that. Feels, yeah, who feels good about saying, "Do you want an order of fries with that?" I mean, that doesn't feel good. No. Right. I mean, it, 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 that doesn't feel particularly good. And, and the, the thing is, we want to be helpful and we want to provide like this immediate value. So what I used to do and what I think a lot of us in the learning space do, we, we take like two directions. We think it's, it, it, it's like a false choice. We think there are only these two choices when people come to us already with a solution in mind. One we feel like we have to be the expert and say, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I got a training class on that. I got the solution to your problem. Or the other path we sometimes take is we it's like being the expert or being the servant. Like whatever you do, I'll ask. 
you know, I'm your vending machine, right, Scott? I'm your vending machine. Push, uh, push button F5. I'll give you a training class on strategic thinking, right? I got that. Unless it gets stuck in the little circle things and then... <laughs> no, I totally hear you. You're preaching it. Keep going. This is great. Well, right. But so the thing is, if we as learning professionals... If those are our only two options, being the expert or being the servant, it always leads to us feeling either abused or misused. <laughs> it's one of the two. And it's because you don't provide any value because you haven't addressed the real needs of the situation. And what I've done is I've created dependency now. Uh, I've either taken the person where I wanted to go because I'm the expert or where they wanted me to go. And in either case, it wasn't in service of the person, and it definitely wasn't in service of the organization or the people that they were trying to help. I think that's really powerful. I, like that idea of like, hey, if you're just following, falling into those two buckets, expert or servant, like that idea of like feeling like abused and misused. I think so many learning and development orgs just across I'll say America, but I'm sure across the world, end up follow, falling into those two zones. And like, I've been there. I've, I've been in both of those buckets at one point or another in my career. And yeah, just that idea of just being like, oh man, they don't understand. Oh, like, what, why am I always fighting? What? And yeah, you're right. I love yeah. the word value. And I love that you brought it up right away. And it just resonates in this entire conversation. I know this conversation isn't over, but so many of us, I know I struggle with my own. And we talked about this a few weeks ago with Joey, um, Joey Acklin, around this idea of the imposter syndrome. Where we're like, are we doing enough? Are we contributing enough? And I think, you know, one of my aha moments I'm having right here now, Lisa, is this idea of, oh, we get stuck in this loop. And then at the end of the day, we we, where's our value? Our, you know, I mean, a lot of us are struggling with these kinds of things. It's probably sometimes our own fault if we're if we're not really paying attention and, and trying to add real value. So again, I love that statement. I love how you brought that. Yeah, and and I'm glad you said that because it's kind of easy to blame the the person who's asking you, you know, to be the vending machine or to just provide something, but. You know, if you're really honest, and you, and at least I was, and I dug deep, I realized the fault wasn't with them. The fault was with me because I didn't know how to say no to these reflexive responses of being like either the expert or the servant. I didn't know how to say no to being like uh, being of like immediate value. Um, and what I learned was to start thinking like a consultant or a valued partner. And when when that light bulb went off, I started doing things differently and the results were vastly different. Awesome. Well, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about what, what are those things that you did differently? I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, I, honestly, you know, I, I dig way deeper, and I think you said it, Dan. You, you know, I, I try and get to the root. You had said that before. You're not getting to the root of, of what's driving the request to begin with. And I just started asking a couple of questions that help get people out of the give me a side of fries with that right now space. 
and it and it sounded like this. So you described you want people to think more strategically. What should people be doing more, better, or differently in this regard? In other words, behaviorally, what would it look like if they were thinking more strategically? And if you get a pause from the other person, that's a victory because you're making them think harder and deeper. So, you know, the silence is a good thing. That's what I call a ka-ching moment because right there, stepping into that space, you're not saying yes. You're getting curious about what the driver is. So I could talk about this all day, no, but well, I don't, I don't want to go. Well, we can go as long as necessary. <laughs> or, um, but I, I, I love that. Um, my experience when I ask a question like this, um, and chime in if you've had this experience, when we ask that question, hey, what is it you're looking for, and what are the behaviors you're looking for, and what are the what are the results you're looking for, right? And I pause. I I don't get anything because they they don't come prepared to these meetings. They they honestly believe that. I'm going to ask you to make a video because everybody else has got video. So I want a video. So give me a video. And then you ask these kinds of questions and you get the crickets, right? Uh, is that been your experience as well, Lisa? Or Yeah, crickets as I, as I go to answer that question. Yeah, sometimes I get that. And I handle it in one of two ways. One is, you know, I'll just own it and I'll say, you know what? Um, it could be that you you might not have been prepared to really think about these questions. I'm wondering if maybe we can get back in maybe a couple of days. Give it some thought because knowing that is going to really help me be of greater service to you. Yeah, I See, love I wanna, that. I wanna, oh, I was, oh, Go I ahead, Dan. Wanna I'm sorry to mean to step on you. No, you're fine. Like you and I have talked about before, like uh, what's happened, like on the team that I'm on so often is like, we've got these questions where we're just like, all right, you know, here's five or six questions, sometimes more depending upon the project. We're going to have our kickoff meeting. We're going to talk, we're going to ask these questions and we're going to follow up with the email. Here's all the questions. Here's what we need in order to, in order to get here. And I can't tell you how often we've sent those questions out and like a stakeholder will come back after like answering like half of them and be like, Hey, so like, we're still trying to get answers to some of this, but like the ask may be changing because of that. And, you know, like that's, that's a good thing. Like not just from like a woo, it's us versus them or rah, 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 we win. But like anytime you can make somebody go, Ooh, wait, pause, think what does business success look like here? Like that's a win. That's a win for everybody. It's a win for learning and development. It's a win for a business. Yeah. And, and it's a win for the people that you're trying to serve yes. with, with any sort of learning initiative. Because you're, you're going to be much more surgically precise about the solution that you bring. And hey, it may not be training. It may be training and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm totally with you. Yeah. How long? Um, okay. So, you know, how long is that strategic pause for you? I wish I could be algebraic about it. I, I don't know. It, it You know, I, I wish I could say it's actually for, f I, I give them exactly 25 seconds. I don't know. 
Um, I'm I'm reading the room. Right. It, you know, if I'm on a Zoom or if I'm, you know, in in my dreams, face to face with someone again soon. I hope. Oh, um, me too. You know, I'm I'm reading the language, and you know, if they're looking down and it looks like they're thinking, I just shut up and let them think. And they they'll either get to it or I I say listen you know let's let's take this up another time your answers are critical for me to give you the right solution at the right time for the right reasons I don't want to waste anyone's time here so I I give them time at what I don't do is let them off the hook in answering that question I I cannot will not move forward until I hear it articulated behaviorally what would it look like if people were doing things more better or differently it's a it's a classic consulting question and it's it, it gets people thinking I I I so love um everything you're saying and and um I I love the idea of I'm not going to answer that question for them like you could follow it up with other questions, but answering that question to them and you raise letting them off the hook and sometimes hey, we need to think about this. But um, great. So let let's say you do get some engagement. What's the next step? Yeah. So I'll I'll hear answers and I'll give you an example. One one leader came to me and he said, "My my my team isn't getting along. We need uh, we need training on communication skills." Now, you know there's a lot to unpack there, right? So I could have been the expert saying, yeah, I got, I got this great program on interpersonal communication and building productive relationships. Or I could have said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get that for you. When do you want the training class? Wrong, 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 wrong. Remember, that does not bring value. Instead, I said, okay, so you're, you're talking about your folks. When you say they're not communicating well with one another, what does that look like? What specifically do you want them to do more, better, or differently? And he said, well, in our meetings, everyone is talking over one another. One person shoots other people's ideas down. And to some extent, I'm, I'm not sure that everyone knows what our team objectives and goals are. Oh. Well, that gave me some ideas. So I thought, okay, there's probably a training element there. And there's probably a process element that belonged to the manager in terms of getting clear about the goals and expectations on the team. It was more than just training. So what I said to him, I said, well, you know, I can, I can absolutely do a training on communication skills. But let's just say I do this training. What else might be getting in the way? of your team performing the way in which you just described you want them performing. Pause. That's another ka moment. They usually then start coming up with the answers. That's the beauty. They say, well, I don't know if I was really clear on my expectations with the team. Maybe, maybe I, I need to regroup everyone on our most critical goals and objectives. So, they become the problem solvers to the real root cause issues. And then I can say, now I can help you with that. I, I don't know. That. Is this is this making sense? No, it makes complete sense. I love that. I, lo- I love looking for those pauses, those aha moments. Like even, even just in like, just to build training or to not build training. That's fantastic. I love that idea. 
but again, I, I love how you're talking about it. Those are great little moments, ka-ching moments. I'm going to write that down, ka-ching moments where we can come back to them. Because at the end of the day, what I know that I want to do is create that relationship that so that the next time they come in, that they're a little better prepared. Like they've actually thought about these things, right? And that's where value comes in, right? So if we can get them to think differently about objectives and behaviors and actual you know, ROI on what they're asking for, then we actually are adding value. Yeah, no doubt. And it's it's funny you say that because e- even when I was working for the man and I, I was learning about some of these skills and even when I started out being the man, uh, my, my repeat clients would say, now I know you're going to ask me, what do you mean by that and what does it look like if they're doing that? They, they would come to me already saying that. So already we were establishing sort of the rules of the road. And... Um, you know, they would say, I, I can't describe it. And if that's what they say, I have like always this, the, another question in my hip pocket. And, and it's this, it's like, okay, think about the person on your team that's doing this better than anyone else. Like whatever it is that you're asking, strategic thinking, like on your team, think about the best strategic thinker you have. What are they doing differently than the rest of the team. Because that'll get you the behaviors too. It's just a different way to ask it. I don't know if that's even making sense or if I'm just rambling inanely. No, no, that's making a lot of sense. Like uh, so often people will show up and they'll just be like, I've got this idea. And I don't know if it's like, cause they need to check a box or because they feel like they need to do something in training is that like physical movement of people and ideas. So they're like, we're doing something, check. But to like get to that, like, cool, what does success look like? Everybody always asks, what does success look like? But to like personify it and humanify it and just be like, who on your team, which person has got that success? Like that's like, that's from a learning and development, like, boom, well now, now I know who my SME is like right out the gate. That's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, that that's right. And yeah, and it's and I would add on to it. It's not only what does success look like. I I get it much more granular and concrete than that. I say, what would it look and sound like if they were doing this in the way in which you wanted them to? Cuz I can I can provide solutions around behaviors, but I can't provide solutions uh, around stuff that isn't concrete. I don't know. Yeah. You know, because they can say success looks like, you know, everyone gets along. And my next question is, well, what does that look like? So if everyone's getting along, what does that mean? You know, they're they're not swearing at each other and they're not talking about each other behind each other's backs. I, I don't know. They, they, <laughs> what, what do you mean? So like, I, uh, yeah, those are my, my two ace in the hole questions. What is, what, what do you want your people doing more, better, or differently? What does it look or sound like? And okay, if I do that, what else could get in the way of them acting or performing in that manner? They give you all the answers you need. So that's my two cents. I love your two cents. <laughs> Dan, you had a question, like, comment, concern, order. cheap shot that's, for Lisa? That, that's like a solid 50 cents. Like, that's awesome. Uh, I, I love that. It makes me think of like, I don't know, you hear people talk about like the Socratic method. 
I think I'm saying it, where it's like, know thyself, and it's always asking why, asking why, asking why. So, like, this is almost like Socratic project management. Like, all right, we're just going to keep digging on this why until we really find, like, what's the root? Like, what's what's the what what's causing this issue? And once I've got that, once I've got my hands on that, this is what we need to solve. And that's amazing because you're right. Like sometimes yeah. that's not what training needs to solve. Like I don't know if I need training here if there's a communication problem going on between different stakeholders or a communication problem going on at different levels. Like maybe that's not a training fix, but like being able to like dig in. And then have your stakeholders, have your requesters do that digging. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, there were, there are times, you know, in my, in, uh, in the performance architect where I could have made a boatload of money doing what they asked. I, I really could, but it wasn't what they needed. And, and, you know, I could have said, sure, I'll do the training for you. And, you know, I, I could have made money on that. It wasn't what they needed. What they needed was coaching two levels above. And that's, that's what I suggested or provided in terms of value. I said, you can pay me a lot of money or you can pay this executive coach much less. And that's what I think is going to fix your problem. I didn't make any money on it. But... I, I made good in terms of my value as a trusted advisor and um, a partner. So, yeah. I, I love how you're thinking. I think it's really important for those people who are in the entrepreneurial world. They've got their own business. So many times you just want to take that cash in um, and have it. But at the end of the day, if you're not providing, I got to keep coming back this value if you don't provide value so they come and they say hey i want this and okay and you deliver it knowing that this isn't going to add any value are they going to come back to you like never like never like that never said the client ever happens <laughs> the b-back bus doesn't come back it doesn't come back right unless they got nowhere else to go and if you've got a client like that I still wouldn't do it because it's not the right thing. Like, I want to sleep at night. Sleep's important. I'm old. I, I, I like to sleep. Sleep's a good thing, right? <laughs> but, it, you know, I've, I've got to I've gotta do what's right by the client. And it, this may not be a great situation for for us or it may not be the right opportunity. I love how you like, hey, we're going to – you really need some executive coaching. Here's some people that I can lean you to. Or, you know, I could provide that for you if that's what you want. Then we'll take a look at what your problem really is because – Man, it's flavor of the month all the time. And I love your two questions. You're like, hey, what are they doing differently? What is What does it look and sound like? And what are the other things that are going to get in the way? Almost every single leadership development class I have ever been a part of never addressed these issues. Ever. They, they, they were like, here's some good things you can do with your employee. Here's a, here's a model that we think is great. And at the end of it, I'm thinking... Where's my tool to do it better? One, right? Two, who's going to hold me accountable to this? Nobody, right? Three, what does it look like? What is it? What is it? What do we expect from my employees if I were to do what you're asking me to do? If I don't get any of that, I'm going to walk away maybe feeling good because I got a couple days off of work, but nothing really changes. And so this idea, this mindset of value, starting with, you know, what is it that we really want to accomplish and what does it look, sound, and feel like, 
is absolutely amazing. And we need more leaders like yourself that are going to put a stake in the ground and say, hey, listen, this is this is where if you're going to work with me, this is this is the way that we're going to get it done. And if you don't like that, yeah. then you well, can go somewhere else, right? I, I can't admit. Well, I, I. Well, you're you're <laughs> you're pretty kind. Yeah, I I've had those conversations, and you know, this is where I open the kimono. There are times when I didn't. I'm like, yeah, I, I I'm going to give them a really solid solution that's going to be really really good in from an instructional design perspective. It's going to rock. People will leave with skills that they can apply, but I still knew that it was it was not really addressing the issues as I heard them from that leader. So you know I'm you know there are times when I took the work, but I, more often than not now I just tend not to do it. And if I get pushback from the client, which I often do, and they say, "Well, we just need this training program." I will always at least, I'll feel good going to bed at night when I say something like, I can absolutely provide that solution for you. I just want to be clear that I don't believe it's going to get to the root cause of what you're just describing is the real issue. But I will do it for you. But I always, that's always my caveat in there. So that if it doesn't work, they'll say, oh, you were kind of right. And I'll say, well, I don't know. You want to roll up your sleeves now and get to the hard stuff? Training is easy. Getting, you know, providing other solutions for what's causing people not to perform the way that they should be performing, that's harder. You know, you, you could be talking reward and incentive systems that need to be reworked. You could be talking about really bad leadership that's causing people not to do their work. It's, it's, it's not that they don't have the skills. It's that their leader doesn't have the skills. It could be they've got bad technology or processes that aren't really clear. You know, pit pit a bad process against a good person. The bad process almost always wins. You know, so you know you you got to look at some of these other things. I don't know. I'm rambling. No, you're not. I was going to ask, that's, what's a process? That's, that's my Dan. Deal. What's a process? I, I'm I'm confused by this whole idea. That's a joke. I was just saying, what do you mean? What's a process? <laughs> it's a, it's one of those things. It's like a chubacabra. Sometimes we know it's out there. I've just never seen one. That's just me. <laughs> hey, Lisa, um, thank you. I think that's great. If if you don't mind, um, I love this idea, but I, I want to change gears just a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about this uh, this journey into the performance architect, right? So, how did you get there? And what is it, you know, you know, what's your secret sauce? Like if, if you want to think about, you know, I'm sure that there are people here looking for solutions, right? And I want to make sure that when we're done, that they know, like, well, if I were to contact Lisa Wallace at the Performance Architect, I'm not only going to get a rock star, awesome person to help me out, but she really kind of specializes in, in these kinds of things. Um, and that might be general or whatnot, but I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be true to myself or true to where my heart is right now without asking you to talk a little bit about this awesome thing that you've created and, and how uh, it can help some people out. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Um, you know, is this the uh, shameless plug? This plugging is the shameless plug. The, uh... Yes, this is where the shameless plug goes. 100%. 100% shamelessly plug. Um, 
Yes, dial now, and you'll get two training courses <laughs> for the price of one. What, no. What's the code that, that I need? I'm writing this down. BOGO yeah, right? Lisa. We've already said tra- training is so transactional anyway. So um, what they get from me, I uh, the, the name of my company is The Performance Architect, and it is what it sounds like. I help organizations and teams and individual build performance. And I'm no, I'm the build a better leader company. That's that's what I'm known to do. So I do very long term um, uh, um, leadership development programs with high potential leaders, cohort groups. I do longer term learning and development opportunities for managers so that they don't do damage to the people that they that they lead, like blocking and tackling. If you just do this stuff and you demonstrate these skills and behaviors on the regular, you're not going to do damage to the people who report to you. And then I do a lot of um, uh, communications coaching at the higher levels, the more executive levels to help them keep their messages really crisp, really clear and razor focused. So um, yeah, I'm the build a better leader company, build a better team company, build a better individual company. So, so you're doing that's it. all that's, the good work. Do. You're doing all the good work. Like, in my humble opinion, we've got a leadership epidemic worldwide. Like the Peter Principle. Dan, you know what the Peter Principle is, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> this idea that, you know, senior leadership has been promoted two levels above their competency. Like it's everywhere, everywhere, and um, it's so. I love how you say. I don't want anybody to do damage to other people. <laughs> I'm gonna raise my hand. Too late, right? So we we know that that's the the case. I had a great conversation with a um, a gentleman, doctor gentleman, um, and he was like, "Yeah, we. I think most leaders are good, but the the expectation around performance is so high that they just kind of throw away everything that they know or think they know in order to get the performance. And what I'm hearing from you is like, no, 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 no. Like that's the wrong way of doing it, which I think we all agree. Let me show you a better way. Is that, does that sound about right? That's, that's it. I have, and yes, I have an app for that. It's called Management Essentials, six part program to help your managers not do damage, literally. And then I have, you know, my other keystone work is is uh, called the Leadership Academy. It's a, a year-long program, highly selective, um, high potential leaders who um, you want to accelerate their ability to step into that next role. So uh, different approaches, different design, um, but really, really effective. Oh, okay, I'm going to ask a very That's silly... Awesome. It's, not a, it's a simple question. I'm gonna, I'm going to assume that these all can be found on your website. They can. Yeah. www.performance-architect.com. What is that website again? And that website again is www.performance-architect a r c h i t e c t dot com. Fantastic. See, she's got the shameless plug thing down to Boom. a T, Dan. We can get that link in our notes for this episode. Oh, right, we are going to totally um, get all the groovy stuff. So take a look at the show notes, folks. We're going to go ahead and put Lisa's. Is it Rory if we put your email in this uh, in this show? 
Of course. Okay, and that email would be? That email is performancearchitect at comcast.net. Once again, that's performancearchitect at comcast.net. And that's the bottom line, Gusto All right. You're amazing, and you're absolutely amazing, and I'm so, so, so glad that we can spend um, some time with you. Oh, no, thanks so much for showing up. Like This has been fantastic. If you would like to continue in the conversation uh, around taking orders or this idea of leadership, please, 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 folks, email us, learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Send a nice little email there. We'll be sure to read it. Um, if you have one directed at Lisa, you know, put somewhere in the title Lisa, and uh, we will hold it off till the next time we get Lisa Wallace on our show. Um, hey, listen, before we wrap everything up here today, why don't you go ahead and tell people how they can engage with the Learning Nerds? Absolutely. Guys, Scott already brought it up, but you can reach us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Please, 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 pretty please email us questions. I don't want to go so far as saying we'll beg, but Scott might. I I definitely will. I am not Uh, afraid to beg. I'm not too proud to beg. (laughs) You can also find us on Facebook at Learning Nerds. Like us, participate in the conversation, what we got going on there. Lastly, you can find us on Instagram, Fab Learning Nerds. Share what you've got. We're interested to see it. We want to talk. We want to reach out. Thank you, Dan. Dan the man, we really appreciate it. Lisa... Appreciate you coming on the show, dropping the wisdom. I think it's great. Any final words before we close out? No. Uh, <laughs> no. You guys are great. Thanks so much for having me. Honestly, the pleasure was mine. I, I, it was an okay, honor. Okay, cool. All right, folks. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Share this content with your friends. Uh, post it. We had a lot of really great stuff come on the show tonight. Thanks to Lisa Wallace, our fabulous guest. Uh, be sure to contact her if you have any uh, learning needs. Till next week, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Lisa. And we're your fabulous learning nerds. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We are out. We are out.